Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. This is episode 240, and today we're talking about a story where a real estate agent falsified documents that resulted in disciplinary actions. Stay tuned for the story. Enjoy. Heidi Ho, neighbor. How are you? What show is that from? I was just going to ask you if you remember. I know what it's Heidi, from. Heidi Ho. Home Improvement, I think. That's right. Yeah. Who said it, though? Uh, Wilson. The, the chubby guy next door. No, the chubby guy's not, not next door. Wilson's next door. The chubby guy was his uh, work colleague and friend. Anyway, you're talking about a show that's 30 years old, and I don't remember. Okay. Uh, today... We're talking about some news that hit the wire about a month ago now. Uh, RICO, the Real Estate Council of Ontario, put out a a letter to all of its corresponding members. Um, and the title was, Falsifying Documents Result in Disciplinary Action. We usually talk about falsifying documents as it relates to rentals, but this is... In fact, we talked about that, if I remember correctly. We talked about that in a recent podcast. We did. And how we go through our process of narrowing down tenants, how, how to properly classify what a good tenant would provide and blah, blah, blah. And how to catch fraudulent documents. And how to... How we catch fraudulent documents, but yes. this one is a little bit interesting. When you when I saw it come through my inbox, I actually didn't take a second look at it, but then you sent it to me and I read it and I'm like, oh yeah, we didn't talk about this and it's happening in the marketplace. So let's talk about it. So the story with this is um, it's related to a new construction purchase. And with new construction, one of the requirements nowadays, I don't know when that became more common to have a builder request it, but it it started to become very common. I can answer this Um, right when the dip of COVID happened. And then a lot of purchasers were asking for um, extensions on closings and things because now the um, their equity in their existing home kind of went away yeah. and now their mortgage approval didn't come through, whatever. Um, so builders were looking for more, um, I guess. Security. Se- yeah, some kind of form yeah. of security. So in this case, developers were asking for a pre-approval letter from a buyer. So this specific scenario is there's a real estate brokerage And there's two real estate agents. One we'll call Agent A, who is a licensed agent and also a licensed mortgage broker. And then Agent B. So Agent B had... We'll say Realtor B and Realtor Realtor. A. Okay. Realtor B had clients who were purchasing a new construction. I assume it was a condominium. And the developer required... A pre-approval letter. So a a realtor B introduced them to realtor A for the mortgage purpose. Yeah. So he said, hey, I've got clients. I I know your licensed broker. Can you help them with a mortgage pre-approval? But I want to reiterate the fact 
So just to simplify it, registrant A. Yes. Or now you're realtor, saying registrant. I'm reading. I'm reading the case <laughs> okay. case summary here in front of me, which says yes. registrant. Realtor A. Realtor A. Yes. Is a licensed realtor and, and a licensed mortgage agent. Correct. Realtor B is the realtor introducing the potential buyer for this new construction that needs a pre-approval letter. Right. Both realtors work at the same brokerage. Right. So, I mean, we don't know the inner workings of this, but... Sounds like to me they may have been in cahoots. Maybe. We don't know that. It doesn't say anything about that because there's there's nothing in here about disciplinary action on Realtor B. Um, But anyway, so uh, Realtor A, which in this case the relevant title for them would be Mortgage Broker, uh, produced a pre-approval letter, which it sounded like it was just a letter written up on regular paper, not bank letterhead, and that was provided to the developer. And the developer who sees hundreds of these pre-approval letters, wasn't happy with the way it was written up and said, no, I need something more formal from a bank. So it went back to the... A financial institution. financial institution. So it goes back to Realtor A, who then produced one on bank letterhead. And much like we detect fraudulent letters, the uh, person representing the developer went through it and said, oh, no, no, hang on. This looks a little wonky. There was mistakes in it. The name uh, of the representative at the financial institution was wrong. The phone number was wrong. So they called him out on it being a fraudulent document, and it was apparently true. Robbie, can you check what episode we talked about um, the f- tenant fraud and the and the documents? Um, so this so- this would be like us getting fake job letters. Right. Well, sort of. Yeah, but this is so the so registrant A, realtor A, ended up being fined twenty five thousand dollars, along with the requirement to complete an intensive ethics training course, which we've been through. We know it intimately, and it's expensive. It's actually like fifteen hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah. Well, and you're and it's a week long course. I think it, it was at. At least yeah. a week-long course. Yeah. Okay, so folks, go back and watch or listen to episode 235. Uh, that's where we talked about the uh, fraudulent documents that we see from tenants. But this brings it to a whole other level because now, well, imagine as a seller, let's say it wasn't a new home, home construction and... You're selling your property and you have multiple offers on it. And part of an offer package is now a pre-approval letter with a letter from, because we see all kinds of letters now coming with offers, right? Like an offer from the potential buyer saying, oh, we're a lovely family. Here's a picture of our dog. We'd love to make this our home. And now we're seeing... Realtors send pre-approval letters to give confidence in the seller that, hey, these folks are pre-approved, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you got to be really careful. Well, so that it's just that it's that much more important now that realtors need to uh, know what to look for in those things. Because I would say the average 
real estate agent is just going to glance at it and focus more on the offer. Well, I talked about this in one of our sales meetings at the brokerage that I was just sitting in on and the discussion about, um, I brought it up. I said, guys, everybody needs to be careful right now. You know, we're seeing a ton of fraudulent applicants coming in and several of the realtors in the brokerage said, well, how, how do you, they, they didn't really, well, maybe they knew, but not to the extent of what we do. Um, and a few of them pulled me aside and trying to pick my brain. So there isn't a lot of training for realtors. Actually, there's none no. uh, on how to look for this, what to look for. And um, well, good on, obviously this new home builder reported this. So thankfully that happened. Well, I I think more, and we run into things that drive us crazy all the time, but not, rarely do things get reported. But that's the only way you can uh, change yeah. uh, and still change is if you're reporting things and people like this should be called out and fined. Yeah, he probably thought that nobody would know any better, no harm. And uh, I wonder if uh, Realtor B was was involved. Say, hey, do you mind just Listen, writing up a little letter for me? I know yeah. it's kind of short notice. You think this is the they're first solid, deal that solid. these guys have done together? No, for sure not. Actually, it's interesting. And, and, and who's getting a referral fee here? And right. was it disclosed to the buyer? Because well, I guarantee you. It's automatically disclosed in the to purchase documents or in the buyer representation agreement. Yeah. And did the realtor actually review that agreement with the buyer? So does the buyer truly know what they're signing? That's true. Oh, don't just sign here, initial here. So yeah, standard, sent via, standard via DocuSign, right. and they didn't know any better. They're just excited to buy a house. They signed off. Meanwhile, this guy or this person. There was another similar is story. a $5,000 referral fee on top of it. Uh, similar, not similar, but. Probably at, at an interest rate of 12%. There, people are just happy to get a friggin' mortgage. There was, I sent you another article that's sort of similar f- as far as uh, Rico finding people there was a brokerage in i think it was in montreal maybe and this is a very popular uh broker and they i think they even have like a tv show which is like the equivalent to hgtv but in i guess i think it was in quebec city or anyways wherever it was anyways they uh so they found that there were realtors in cahoots with each other had this big scheme. Steal my word. I am. I liked it. Where they were uh, submitting secondary and third offers on properties to convert it into multiple offer situations to get the original offer to oh, bump man. up the price. And they got caught. And so I don't know what came of that, but I'm sure they probably, if that should, you should lose your license for that. Listen, we've talked about it before. There's, um, this kind of stuff happens in every industry if you look for it. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, I'll steal your back in our on the automotive industry. Uh, there's tons of shady things that happen. Shady things in negotiation, th- shady things with used car certifications, uh, safeties. Yeah. Uh, so every business has it. You just have to be aware of it. I'm glad the Real Estate Council of Ontario is buckling down on a lot of this stuff to protect the consumers. Um, and and to the consumer, this goes to the point of doing your due diligence to make sure you're hiring the right person. 
because it's your ass on the line too. It's your money on the line, you know? For sure. Well, the outcome of this was who knows whether or not the buyer was able to end up getting the condo or not. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't go on to say, well, now after a falsified um, mortgage approval letter, did that deal fall through? On a condo, you have a 10-day cooling period. And generally during this cooling period, when it firms up after those 10 days is when the builder wants to see um, that approval letter. Yeah. Well, and it just goes to show from the buyer's perspective, it's important to, you know, hopefully whoever you're working with has a process of getting things in order before you start looking. So you should have, if, if you're buying a new construction condo, you should know that you're going to need these documents. So you should have them ready to go so that when you find the one you like, you can act quickly and have everything in order. If you're, you know, doing it all kind of backwards, then it's likely you're going to run into problems. It's funny that, so I'm just reading the last paragraph and I'll read it real quick for the audience because I'm sure this is actually a public um, public notice on, on the RICO website, so I'm sure anybody could find it if they wanted to. Well, this is a public page as well. Yeah. Falsifying documents result in disciplinary action dated May 17th. The last paragraph of the case summary says, after receiving notice from the developer that the letter was not sufficient, registrant A produced a pre-approval letter on the letterhead of a financial institution. So like you said, first it was just a random letter and now they came back and gave them a one from a quote-unquote financial institution. Due to the irregularities in this letter, including unusual-looking bank letterhead, incorrect phone number, and staff name, it was believed that Registrant A created and provided a falsified mortgage pre-approval letter to the developer. Got to do your due diligence if you're getting these kind of things. Don't be afraid to cross-reference, cross because obviously... yeah. Um, well, it's funny they had the wrong name, wrong number. Right. That Those are common things we see. Like, how stupid are you to do that? Yeah. Well, developers making those phone calls. Anyway, that's a little update from the world of the uh, RICO um, Real Estate Council of Ontario. Um, it's a quick one today, but it's important. If you're out shopping, make sure you do due diligence, hire somebody you trust, and Get all your ducks in line well, before you're buying. You, if a mortgage broker is willing to do something like that, they do not have your best interest at heart. No. So are they steering? We talked about steering before. Well, that was, uh, <clears throat> that was uh, what was that? That was um, CBC Marketplace. CBC Marketplace. Yeah. That we was talked, a big one. We talked about steering. And you, you're trying to make me believe now potentially that this this guy, this person, wouldn't steer that buyer to a financial institution that they were making a higher commission from? It's reasonable from. to think they just want to get paid. Reason- if they had the buyer's best interest. Reasonable to think this person is shady. For sure. Right? Who knows? Maybe the buyer couldn't afford it. And yeah. now that, that mortgage broker slash realtor is putting them in a position where they're committed to purchasing something that they cannot afford to buy. Yeah. Maybe they can't actually get financing. Yeah. Maybe the financing is coming from, I don't know. Money laundering? Big Larry down the street. 
at 22% interest. Well, you can get money. If you need money, there's always money. It's just right. a matter of how much is it going to cost well, you. Well, exactly. So anyway, uh, next week, what are we talking about next week? Next week on the um, agenda, we're talking about, uh, well, here's the title of the article we'll be discussing. More than half of GTA condo owners losing money on properties, says new report. All right. So that's coming up next week. Um, all right. Well, I'll see you then. Ciao. There you have it. Hope you enjoyed this episode of KT Confidential. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the upcoming episode every Monday morning. No, not Monday morning now. Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday at what? Nine? Six? What time? Nine, Nine o'clock.